go to Hebrews chapter number six this morning. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter number six. As we've learned this week, if you've been with us uh, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, that often life's uh, important lessons are learned on the way and not just when you get where you're going. And so we have learned some lessons on the way to our passages of Scripture each evening and uh, preached on the subject of going, preached on the subject of giving, preached on the subject of prayer. And uh, this morning I want to, obviously this being uh, Faith Promise Sunday, I'm not going to speak uh, on giving, but I am going to speak on the fact of our desire and our need to reach the world with the gospel. I mentioned it takes two things to reach the world with the gospel. It takes a messenger and it takes the message. The two things that every church needs to be involved with is sending messengers and providing the message. And so I'm excited to hear that you could get involved in that particular area sometime very soon. Our church, if you listen to some of the statistics on there, uh, that video's a little old. At that point in time, we had printed about 40 years. And we have now, last year, uh, it was our 50th anniversary. He mentioned in the fact how many we could print. Well, we put a new press in along with our other press uh, two years ago, and it increased our volume. We could print 192,000 John Romans every hour, but it would be uh, not um, advantageous for us to do that, nor financially able to do that, to keep up that pace, that amount. We have the ability to do it, but as uh, I've talked to your pastor, we only print uh, what has been requested. We don't print just so that we can put out numbers and say how many we've been involved with. We print upon request. And so uh, last year we printed just about 11 million scriptures. And uh, they were by request that came in. And uh, folks asked us if we could be involved in projects. We do a lot of, we do several large projects, typically every period, periodically. Um, when it comes to the World Cup, we usually do a million for a, a ministry that goes to where, wherever the World Cup is being played, and they distribute them. Uh, every time there are Olympics, whether it be Winter Olympics or Summer Olympics, we typically will print a million uh, for a ministry that goes to each of those uh, venues and passes them out. And we'll print multiple languages uh, when we print. So we may send a million uh, to go to the Olympics and uh, we might print 100,000 of this language and 100,000 of that language and 100,000 of that language. And uh, so we just send them so that when they get to these places where the world is gathered, they have the word of God in their own language. And I would hate to uh, open up the Bible this morning and it be in a language that I didn't understand. If I opened it up and it was in uh, a language like Amharic, it would not do me any good. I would close it back up and lay it on the floor. And the reason is I couldn't read it. And so the sad part is that's what's true around the world. A lot of people do not have the word of God <clears throat> in their own language. So that's part of our responsibility. We've looked at the Great Commission. We call it the Great Commission. You know, Matthew 28, he says, Go ye therefore 
and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Holy Ghost. In Mark chapter 16, in verse 15, we read, And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. In Luke 24, he says to them, And that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And then, of course, Acts 1.8 tells us, But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the uttermost. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Our Father in heaven, we have been given our assignment. And the question isn't whether we've been given it. It might be whether we have fulfilled it. Or what is our involvement in being it being fulfilled in our own lives personally, in our lives as families, and in our lives as a church family? Are we doing what we need to do to accomplish the assignment that's been given to us? Lord, I thank you for this church. Thank you for their hospitality. Thank you for the friendships and, uh, Lord, the spirit that's here, the Holy Spirit moving in the lives of people. And so thankful for a church that desires to reach the world with the gospel. Bless these next now few moments asked in Christ's name. Amen. I want to, obviously, we have mentioned these particular verses. I mentioned to you on Wednesday that when I read them, I didn't read prayer in any of them. And I really didn't read giving in any, uh, any of them. I, re I read the word going. But when you go, prayer is necessary and giving is essential. But the Great Commission in and of itself. You know, the other thing that I noticed about these, these particular passages of Scripture is they are very clear. God is very clear what our assignment is. As a church, you shouldn't wonder, what should we be doing? What should we be involved with? What is our purpose as a church? It's very clear what the mission of the church is, and uh, it is very clear. You know, uh, my, my thought was, my other thought was this. Uh, is this mission clear? There's no question. Here might be the question. Is the mission possible? Is the mission possible? When we read the Great Commission, he talks about there, go ye therefore teach all nations. And then in 16, he uses the phrase, all the world, and he uses the phrase, every creature. In Luke chapter 24, he says, among the nations. In Acts chapter number one, there's Jerusalem, which is our proximity-wise, our location, present location physically. Judea and Samaria might be places that we can get to relatively easier. But then there's the uttermost in which we don't even comprehend, most of us, what the uttermost means. And so it does it, did, uh, I wrote this question down, did God leave a mission to the church that is so clear but impossible? Did he leave a mission to the church that was impossible, though it's so clear. You know, in 1966, for some of you, that's long before you. 
But in 19, for others, you understand this. In 1966 through 1973, there was a TV program. It aired again in 88 and 89. They tried to bring it back, but it didn't work. And that mission, that, uh, that TV program was called Mission Impossible. Do you remember? Mission Impossible. I can remember as a teen, that was my, that was my late 10, 10, 12 years, and then teen years. That was, my, that was the years that, for me, I watched Mission Impossible. Now, maybe later on, it was MacGyver. You know, he can take a, he can take a hair clip and a, and a bottle of anything and make an explosion and get out of it. But, you know, it's a Mission Impossible. I mean, you watch those things, you try to think, how are they going to get out of this one? How in the world do you ever do that? It seems like it's an impossible mission. Is the mission of reaching the world with the gospel an impossible mission? And if it is, why would God give the church an impossible mission? I suggest to you, he did not. You know, I noticed this fact in reading the Bible. I noticed that God never called it the Great Commission. Now, we call it the Great Commission. God never called it the Great Commission. Do we call it great because of its importance or because of its size? So do we look at the Great Commission and say, the reason it's great is because it's, too, it's so big. And we focus on what cannot, not what can. We focus on what could be, but what not is. So we attach this word great to the commission. But you know, there are some things in the Bible that God does talk about that are great. He talks about great faith. He talks about great grace. He talks about great fear. He talks about great joy. He talks about great love. He talks about great boldness. In Hebrews, he talks about a great salvation. In Revelation, he speaks of a great tribulation. But why didn't he say that our assignment was the Great Commission. Did he see what he gave us to do as an impossible assignment? That would be unfair. That'd be unfair. For God to say, this is what you're, this is what you're for, and this is your purpose, and this is your goal, and this is why you exist, is because the world needs to hear that Jesus loves them and died on the cross. But he gave it to you knowing that it couldn't be done. That seems like an impossible thought there. That God would give us an assignment that would be too large for us to do. You know, in 19... For if you want to go back a few more years, for some, from 1959 to 1967, there was a professional football team that won five national championships, and they changed over to the Super Bowl, and this team won the Super Bowl the first two years. Who were they? They were the Green Bay Packers. And who was their coach? Vince Lombardi. Vince Lombardi died at the age of 57. 
1970 after winning five national championships, two of them the Super Bowl. And you know that Vince Lombardi would take his professional football team and gather them together on the first day of practice and he would say to them, this is a football. I mean, you're talking about guys 275 pounds, 300 pounds, and, and he's saying to them, football. Football. This is a football. You know what he was saying to them? Don't forget the main thing is the football. You go out and play a game, but don't play the game without a football. Because the whole objective behind the game is you take the football past where they want you to take it, and theirs is to take the football past where you want them to take it. So he would simply say to them, don't forget football. Football. He's just reminding them of the importance. May I say to you, church, this morning, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Beginning in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost. Football. You see, sometimes I think what happens is we have gotten a lot of things in place. We do a lot of things. We're involved in a lot of areas. We teach Sunday school classes, maybe run bus routes. We work with children. We sing in the choir. We play piano. We greet in the lobby. We pass out bulletins. May I remind you, football. May I remind you that those things are all good in and of themselves. But that's not what church is for. Church isn't for another potluck. And we'll enjoy a potluck. But that's not what church is for. We get together and we have Sunday school. That's not what church is for. We have Sunday night service. That's not what church is for. We have Wednesday night service. So that what? So that we can come together. For what? What is the purpose that we have been given? May I suggest to you, we need to be focused on the purpose Matthew chapter 17 and verse 20, Jesus said this phrase. He said, because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, if you have the faith of a grain of a mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing, and nothing, this is what Jesus said, and nothing shall be impossible. In Matthew chapter 19, verse 26, Jesus said, With men, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. In Mark chapter 10, verse 27, Jesus said, With men is it impossible, but not with God, for with God, all things are possible. 
Luke chapter number one and verse 37 says, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. Luke chapter 18 and verse number 27, Jesus said, the things which are impossible with men are possible with God. Then what's missing? Is it missing that we don't have a clear understanding of our role and our responsibility? Is it possible that we have just we have just muddied the waters so much that church has somehow become us? We know that the church is man, that the church is people, but the church is not about you and I. It's about our assignment to fulfill. That's why there is a church. And so as a church, God says that with us it might seem impossible. Go with me to Hebrews chapter 6. I told you I'd get there sooner or later. I want to find there's something that is impossible in Hebrews chapter 6. Your pastor actually mentioned it. In verse number 13, we read this. For when God made promise to Abraham... Because he could swear by no greater, he swear by himself. Verse number 18. That by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie. So with God, it's possible. With man, it might be impossible. So you and I can look at this assignment and say impossible. All nations, every creature, every nation and every people's. That's, that's, that's too great. That's too big for me to be involved in. I mean, I suggest to you, we've made the mission impossible. He didn't make it impossible. We've made it impossible. So is it possible that that is the case? You see, this is the mission. Listen to what Jesus said in Luke chapter 2 and verse 49. He said, he said unto them, this is to his mother Mary and to Joseph at the age of 12. In other words, he understood at the age of 12. And here's what he said. He said unto them, how is it that ye sought me? Wist ye not that I must be about my father's business? John chapter 4, Jesus said, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. John chapter 6 and verse 38, he said, For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. What Jesus was saying is that he had a purpose and he came to fulfill his purpose. I wrote this statement down for me to try to grasp. Is it possible that the mission has become impossible because it's impossible for me to understand and accept my purpose in fulfilling it? So what's become impossible is me and you. In our minds, we just can't fathom such great commission. And thus, because it's 
too large, why get involved? What would my little part do? What would it matter if I do anything or don't do anything? What difference does it make? I'm one person and there's over 8 billion people in the world. The mission's definitely got to be impossible. But yet God said in Philippians chapter number 2 and verse 5, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. What kind of mind did he have? He had a mind that he had to be about his father's business. He had a mind that it was not about his will, but God's will. He had a mind that he knew he had to finish the work in which he was sent to do. He had a mind in which he said, I've come to seek and to save that which was lost. You see, for him, our salvation was in him. For us, others' salvation is in him. For him, our salvation is in himself. For us, others' salvation is in him. So when what's lacking? He said to them, because of your unbelief. Flip over just a couple of pages, Hebrews chapter 11. And I'll close this morning with a quick illustration of what's necessary to make the impossible assignment of world evangelism be possible. And what makes it possible is when you and I have faith. When you and I exhibit faith. What is faith? The Bible said faith in verse 1 is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Now I want to go through very quickly and name some of these. And you've preached, you've heard sermons, I've preached sermons. But I want you to notice some of these people and their individual. By, in verse number 4, he said, by faith, Abel. Verse number 5, he said, by faith, Enoch. He said in verse number 7, by faith, Noah. He said in verse number 8, by faith, Abraham. Verse number 9, by faith, he sojourned. Verse number 11, through faith also Sarah. Verse 13, these all died in faith. Verse 17, by faith, Abraham. Look in verse number 20, by faith, Isaac. In verse 21, by faith, Jacob. Verse 22, by faith, Joseph. Verse 23, by faith, Moses. Verse 23, by faith, Moses. And you go on over, and obviously you see some more. Verse 31, by faith, the harlot Rahab. And then he speaks of those who had great faith, Gideon and Barak in verse 32, and Samson and Jephthah and David. Can you imagine making a list and leaving David only as one in a list? But I want to suggest to you, God was showing an area of faith. And I want to stop for just a moment, and here's my whole thought, my whole message. If we didn't get it along the way, when you got there, you might not get it. Here it is. It takes faith to accomplish the Great Commission. And then faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So in other words, in Hebrews 11, he's showing us some examples of evidence of faith. So I want to ask you, 
and I want to ask myself, what are the evidences in my life that are revealing that I believe in the Great Commission? So what are some evidences that are seen in my life that will evidence faith that I believe that the Great Commission, reaching the world with the gospel, is possible and not an impossible assignment? What are some evidences? He's going to give us some illustration. The first one is, in verse number, in verse number four is, by faith Abel offered. I simply say this, your offering is an evidence of your belief in whether you believe the Great Commission can be accomplished. The amount of your offering, because I found this to be true, what a person gives to, they believe in. It's true. I mean, it, you, 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 might have a, you might have a 403B or 50. What do they call them? 503, 504, 403B in, in my world. In your world, you have, a, you, have an, you have some type of retirement funds, and you give to them. Why do you give? You're believing that they are going to do something with what you give them. You put your money there. May I say to you, look what happens in verse 4. By faith, Abel. So the first thing that I see is if, if it's true that I believe that we can reach the world with the gospel, my first evidence is my offering. May I say to you secondly, and I'm going to move quickly. My second one is, verse number five, by faith Enoch was translated when he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him for before his translation, he had this testimony. Now we know Genesis tells us that he walked with God and was not, for God took him. Remember that? But that isn't what Hebrews says. Hebrews doesn't say what Genesis says. What Hebrews says is this, verse number five, that he pleased God. That's what God said about Enoch, his faith, that he pleased God. Now, how did he please God? I suggest to you he pleased God by faith because he says in verse number five, because before his translation, he, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Why? By, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. So you know what it tells me? Enoch's walk with God was an indicator of his faith towards God. My question to you, is your walk with God an indicator of how much you believe in the Great Commission? So is your walk with God an indicator of what you believe about the mission? Thirdly, look at verse 7. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things which are seen, moved by fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house. Now, we know what Noah did. Would you mark the little phrase to the pairing of the saving of his house? You remember where the first place we're to go into with the Great Commission? It's called Jerusalem. Where was the first place in, in, on, uh, in, Matthew, in Mark chapter number 5 that Jesus sent the maniac of Adair? Go home. Home. 
Mark's or Luke says, beginning at Jerusalem. So I suggest to you, our testimony in our own homes and with our own families is an indicator if we believe the mission is possible or impossible. Because if we won't do the reaching of our family, we won't do the reaching of the uttermost. If you won't do that which you see, you won't be involved in that which you don't see. If you can't love that which is close to you, you won't love those who are just on a screen in a video presentation. So I'm simply saying to you, here's some indicators. Look at verse number eight. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go, he did what? He went. May I suggest to you, your obedience in going is an indicator of your belief in the mission being possible or impossible. You say, well, I'm not going. You just don't believe it's possible. Well, I'm not going to participate in that part. You just don't believe it's possible. So what you've done is you've said, God, you've given us a church. You've given me a, a command that is impossible to do. And God's saying, oh, no, by faith, by faith, Abraham went. I close with, flip over probably a page in your Bible, go to verse 31. And I say to you, lastly, Abel offered, Enoch walked with God, Noah built, he worked, Abraham was called, Moses refused to be called the son of Pharaoh, but I want to look at this last one, by faith, by faith, the harlot Rahab, by faith, the, the harlot Rahab, what do we find about Rahab? We found out that Rahab was willing to acknowledge God, Will, Rahab was willing to be identified with God. Rahab was willing to let others know about God. Rahab was one who gathered her household for the purpose of being saved. You know what? The assignment was possible. You know why it was possible? It was by faith. And may I say to you, the assignment of reaching the world with the gospel is possible. The only thing it's missing is our faith. Our evidence and our lives are evident, full of evidence that we don't believe it. Or they're full of evidence that we believe it. So take in your own life, take a little glance. Is my life an evidence that I believe in the mission that's been assigned to me? Or is my life such that it shows we were given an impossible assignment. Let's pray. Father, thank you for yourself. We know that it wasn't an impossible one. But Lord, we have to stay focused. We can look at just our little part and think that that part now, sadly, has become our part of the mission. So if we teach Sunday school, then that's my, that's my job. That's what I do. That's why I study, and that's why I read, and that's why I pray. Because I teach Sunday school. And because I teach Sunday school or because I sing in the choir, I, I prepare, and I learn my songs, and I, I, I do those things because I sing. 
But yet, Lord, that isn't the mission. That's not the assignment. Those are things we enjoy in the fellowship of a church, but they're not our purpose. Our purpose and our assignment is to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd help us to just take a quick evaluating look at our life to see what evidences are there that show. Do we believe or do we not that the assignment is possible or impossible? If you would, let's stand to your feet, our heads.